you have your Bibles this morning, I want to open to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to look there today. You know, if there's one area in my life that I see so many failures and feel so many frustrations, it's my role as husband and father. Because I, I see so many expectations that I've set for myself as a husband and a father and a pastor, and, and I fail that. And quite frankly, for good reason. It's because I couldn't meet all of those expectations. And the truth is, neither can you. You know, men, most of the time, most of us at one time or another, maybe even now, feel like we're working so hard, pouring our life into our jobs and our careers and pursuing the American dream, and everything around us that matters is being washed away. So if you're a husband this morning, or are a single guy and one day will be a husband, uh, let me ask you this question. What do you expect when you go home? When you get home in the evening? I mean, you're out there busting it, trying to make a living and provide for your family, and you come home, and what is it you expect? Do, do you want peace and quiet? Or to be hailed as the conquering hero? Right? Do you want your favorite meal served piping hot? Do you want a squeaky clean house? Do you want quiet, obedient, loving children? Maybe you just want control of the remote control? Well, guys, think about your wife. And what does she expect? Well, she expects help. Right? Help with the children, help with the chores, help with the challenges of everyday living. She expects conversation. Someone will turn off the TV and put away the phone and, and, and give them a, an adult conversation and listen to them. She wants consideration. A husband that realizes he isn't the only one in the family. Everybody's time is valuable. Maybe she wants appreciation and an understanding husband that sees marriage as a partnership that is not a, a junior-senior partner. See, we all know that when two different people bring two different sets of expectations to any situation. There's going to be conflict. And that's truer perhaps in a marriage more than any other relationship. So I want to say to every single guy sitting here today, whether you're married or single, if you're married, this will apply now. If you're single, it will apply later. But the hardest job, the most frustrating task I've ever had in my life is trying to consistently be a great husband and a good father. Irma Bombeck once said, married women can be divided into two classes. Those who have model husbands and those who husbands could use a little remodeling. <laughs> Maybe there's some women out there now hoping this message will remodel their husbands. I read about a wife that went to the police station with her next door neighbor and she reported her husband missing. And the policeman asked for a description. She said, well, he's 35 years old. Six foot three, blue eyes, blonde hair, athletic build, weighs 185 pounds and is soft-spoken and great with our kids. When they left, the next door neighbor looked at her and said, but your husband is 55 years old, five foot three, chubby, bald, weighs 245 pounds, has a big mouth and doesn't get along with your kids. And the wife looked at her and said, yeah, but who wants him back? <laughs> See, here's the good news. God knows that about us. And He only has one expectation for your family. See, we're in this series titled Picture Perfect, and we learned last week that God desires for your family to be a picture of His love for His glory. And the question for all of us husbands is simply this one. 
What does God expect from me? What is my role and responsibility in this family? And I can tell you that in one sentence. God expects the husband to give his wife unconditional love. And I don't just mean from the physical side, I mean the emotional, spiritual side. And entire books have been written about husbands and two husbands and fortunes have been made selling manuals and CDs and, and, and all these things that people have bought on the subject of husbands. And amazingly, God, in His infinite wisdom, gives His counsel and advice on how to be a good husband in one verse. Colossians 3, verse 19. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Let me read that again. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. See, husbands, the good news is if we meet this expectation, we can help our family and create our family into this picture of God's glory and God's love. And it may sound simple, but it's a lot deeper than it seems because, because here's how this passage tells us that we are to love our wives. First, we love our wives spiritually. See, when Paul said, love your wives, that was a shocking, radical statement. Paul wrote these words, and husbands all over the church that day, their jaws dropped in amazement. Because in the Greek culture of that day, husbands had no obligations to the wife whatsoever. He was free to come and go as he pleased. And the idea that a husband had any type of responsibility in the home would have been a revolutionary concept in Paul's day. Yet every man was given this admonition to love his wife and love no other woman but his wife. And to some men that may sound simple, but it was profound. See, have you ever thought about what the word husband means? It comes from the word house band. So the husband is a band that reaches around his wife and reaches around his children and reaches around his family and protects it and provides for it and defends it from anything outside that could hurt or damage it. Even the verb Paul used would have created everyone's attention. Right? Because the love that Paul talks about here is not just in a matter of an affectionate feeling that can come and go. I mean, the verb he would have used to describe that kind of love would have been the verb phileo. No, the word that Paul uses is agape. It's a spiritual love. And it's given and expects nothing in return. It's not a love that says, I will love you if you do this or that. It's not a love that says, I'll love you since you did this or that. It's not a love that says, I will love you because you've done this or that. The kind of love he's talking about says, I love you regardless of whether you do, did, or have done something for me or not. See, the love that Paul talks about here is not a love of passion that dies out when physical attraction is over. It's not a love of emotion that fades away over time. It's a love of the will. It's a love that refuses to die. Someone put it this way, the love that existed from the start of the marriage is the love that should continue through the end of the marriage. See, what I mean by spiritual love is this. When you love your wife the way God wants you to love her, then you'll walk the godly walk and talk the godly talk. And you'll show her by the way that you respond to her, you're willing to apply God's word to your own life in any given situation. And maybe you're asking, well, how can I tell whether or not I, I, I have a love that is spiritual? Well, spiritual love goes deeper. 
Because two, we will also love our wives sacrificially. The word that Paul uses here for loving wives is the same word that God used to describe how much he loved the world. You recognize it in the verse in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. That's not an emotional love. It's a love that literally refuses to die. A love that fights through feelings, conquers circumstances, deals with disappointments, and stays the course. See, I don't have to tell you, you can, you can probably guess that any love that stays the course in this day and age is going to have to make sacrifices, right? The type of sacrificial love I'm talking about is the love that Christ has shown for you and for me. Uh, Paul puts it another way in, in the, the letter to the church of Ephesus. In Ephesians 5.25, he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. See, Jesus loved this world, and he loved his church so much, he gave the most important thing he could, and that was his life. So husbands, brace yourselves. Because if you're going to love your wife the way God expects you to, you've got to die for her. You've got to die to your expectations for her so you can focus on God's expectations for you. Because God expects you to love your wife even more than you love your own life. And if you want to know whether you love your wife that way, ask yourself this question. Do I love my wife enough to die for her? There was a husband and wife. They were swimming together in a well-known resort in the Bahamas. And suddenly a shark appeared. And the lifeguard began yelling, Shark! Shark! Everybody out of the water! And the woman's husband headed for shore as fast as he could, leaving his wife on her own. Well, she finally made it to dry land. And she was livid. And she said, that was a terrible thing for you to do, to just desert me like that. She said, don't you remember when we were married, you said you would face death for me? He said, yes, and I would. But that shark was not dead. <laughs> See, husbands, are you willing to give the death penalty to all that you expect from your wife and focus on giving her what God expects from you? Will I forget my own expectations from her? And focus on God's expectations from me? See, how do you reach that point? How do you take your love to this supernatural, sacrificial level? Well, here's the key. In every situation with your wife, you must be willing to ask this question. The key to question to playing any God-given role and fulfilling your responsibility as a husband is this. What is the loving thing to do? You, you want some simple examples? The loving thing to do is turn off the ball game and give your wife undivided attention. A loving thing to do is volunteer to help around the house. All right, one lady said to her neighbor, my husband is a do-it-yourself man. And the neighbor said, really? She said, yeah, whenever I ask him to do something, he says, do it yourself. <laughs> Another thing would be take her to the movie of her choice. Or maybe the greatest sacrifice of all, give her the control of the remote. See, this is the kind of love that God expects from us. It's the kind of love your wife desires from you. But there's a third dimension to this love that I have to add, or, or we wouldn't understand why sometimes it's hard to give it. We have to love our wives sensitively. See, Paul adds one little phrase at the end of this verse. He says, and do not be harsh to them. 
That word harsh, it means angry, impatient, frustrated, ready to throw in the towel. See, I don't know if your marriage is like mine, but, but the person that I love more than anyone else in this world is the person who at times I'm the most impatient with. <laughs> and I'm not making excuses here, but, but let me tell you why Paul wrote this. You, you know what men, makes men impatient and, and frustrated? Anything we don't understand. I mean, if you're a husband or a husband-to-be, remember this. There are two ways to handle women, but unfortunately, no one knows either of them. <laughs> See, we've seen that we are to love our wives so much that we are more concerned about meeting their needs than satisfying our own. But to be able to meet our wives' needs, you know what? We have to understand what they are. And the first thing we have to accept as men is their needs are not the same as ours. Uh, let me give this example. There was a survey in Red Book Magazine, and it asked women which of seven activities would bring them the most joy and most pleasure in life. 29% said relaxing on a tropical beach would be the most pleasurable activity. 28% picked having a romantic dinner with your husband or boyfriend. Only 9% picked physical intimacy. As a matter of fact, for these women, that, that barely ranked above a piece of chocolate cake with whipped cream and hot fudge, which got 8%. <laughs> and I guarantee if you surveyed 500 men, the results would probably be reversed. But husbands, have you ever heard these words? You don't know how to communicate. I have word news for you. They're right. And there's a reason we find it difficult to communicate because we say what we mean usually and mean what we say. But with women, it's different. See, women say we need and they mean I want. They say we need to talk and they mean you need to listen. They say, sure, go ahead. They mean you better not. <laughs> they say do what you want. They mean you'll pay for it later. They say I'll be ready in a minute. They mean kick off your shoes, find a good game on TV. It'll be a while. They say, how much do you love me? And they mean, I did something today you're not going to like. But men, let me, let me give you some great news. God did not call us to understand women. He called us to love them sensitively. Listen intently and carefully to what they mean and to what they say. And he called us to meet their emotional needs. And guys, I know I've given you a lot, but let me share one more thought. If you want to love your wives the way God wants you to love them, always make them look good. Never criticize them in public. Never put them down in front of anyone else. Take every opportunity you can to brag on them. See, God expects you to give your wife unconditional love. So, so I want you to do something this week. Some, some homework. I want you to do something to demonstrate spiritual, sacrificial, sensitive love to your wife. Because just imagine if every husband in every home began to love his wife spiritually, sacrificially, sensitively. Imagine if every home was led by a husband that wanted to glorify God by loving his wife unconditionally in a Christ-like manner. Imagine that what happiness that would come to the family if every husband related to his wife by asking this question. 
what is the most loving thing to do? Your wife would feel like a queen. She would treat you like a king and your home would become a castle. See, that, that's no tide that could ever wash away that. So husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and you will see the glory of God in your marriage and your home like never before. This morning as we, we close, the first step in showing that love is expressing that love to Christ. And maybe that's what you need to do this morning. See, but this isn't just a call to husbands. This is a call to anyone and everyone that desires to express their love for Christ and surrender your life to Him. If that's what you desire, I want to give you the opportunity to do that today. Stop by the church and talk with me. Come inside. Give me a call. I'd love to sit and talk with you more about, about what that relationship with Christ looks like. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for sending Jesus to be our example of how to love. How to love our wives. How to love our families. God, how to love everyone that you created. And Lord, you've shown us how to sacrifice through your sacrifice. So Lord, help us today and every day to show that same love to others by willingly sacrificing our wants and our desires in order to show them you. Lord, we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.